Welcome to Mayor Talks, a podcast about responsible investing. Mayor Capital is regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority in the United Kingdom. The investment services of Mayor are only available to professional clients and eligible counterparties for the purposes of the FCA's rules. Past performance does not predict future results and the capital value of investments and income generated can fluctuate. And welcome to this week's Mayor Talks. In this episode, we're focusing on value investing. Value as a factor has significantly underperformed growth over the last decade. My answer is whether reports of value's demise have been greatly exaggerated and what he thought had contributed to value's apparent underperformance. Well, I think with, as often is the case with a lot of things in life, you've got to also appreciate what's in a label. And to label something value investing and, and, and not explain what is it that you mean is... It's kind of one of my pet peeves, uh, honestly. And but when when people in in the media, especially, write about uh, oh, well, value investing has underperformed by for X number of years, whatever that is, uh, they're usually using something like looking at you know, the S and P or the MSCI value index compared to MSCI or S and P growth index. And what they're re- really actually observing when when they talk about that is that this specific index has underperformed the other index. And we have to be very careful about, I think, uh, just going ahead and assuming that that index is actually representative of what value investing is. And when when these index providers des- design these indices, they they have to do it in a way that is consistent and often in a way that is uh, that they can uh, automate basically. And so they are trying to capture the essence of a certain strategy uh, by using simple rules. And when it comes to something like, I think, uh, UK listed stocks, it's very easy to have a rule and, and determine is it's, it is binary. Yes, is this company listed in the UK or not? But and, and then you include it or not include it in, in an index. The problem with saying something like value or growth, whatever it is, there's a lot more nuance to it. And the definition is dynamic. It's a function of what's happening at any moment in time, it evolves over time. And any strategy uh, has at its core a philosophy that should be constant over time. The strategy itself and how you apply it will change, I think, from time to time. And it should change from time to time because the market environment changes, the opportunity set changes. And I think this is kind of one of the issues that I have with with these value indices. And you can do these simple tweaks to uh, these value indices. And for example, if, if you use a price to cash flow multiple instead of a price to book multiple, that significantly changes the the output of this value versus growth uh, dynamic by uh, it shrinks it to, to a much much shorter period to be honest and 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 well within the norms of that kind of uh, value to growth uh, cycle that you normally observe and so uh, to me to to look at just a, a, an index that's that's calculated and say this hasn't worked is is uh, is kind of overstating the case that being said. We know that a lot of value funds uh, have underperformed the market for many years. And I think that's driven by several things. For one, I think many of the big houses and their funds manage against that same value index. And so they're committing the same, they're fishing in the same pool. And if the pool has been designed poorly by 
uh, basically a simple rule, then fishing within it doesn't help. But I think there's more to it than that. I think that a lot the economy has has changed and, and companies have changed over the past 20 or 30 years in ways where and, and the accounting and in, in ways where the accounting hasn't caught on with with that change in in, in what the the average company does. And there are a lot more uh, I mean, I don't. I, I could talk about this for for an hour, but at the essence of it, I think intangible assets are not being properly accounted for with current accounting rules compared to uh, physical assets. And I think what that does is it biases biases uh, value managers and value strategies at, that use simple rules. And to be in more kind of what one would call asset heavy, uh, physical asset heavy uh, types of businesses. And those businesses are an, have been an ever shrinking part of the economy as the economy has evolved more into services, more into technology and even things that and the composition of GDP, not just the composition of the market has changed. And so in order for you to be able to continue to even match the market performance, you need to be fishing in a pool that's representative of, of the economy. And I don't think that value managers have evolved or some have, I think we have, but I think a lot of value managers have not. And I think there are two ways out of this situation for a value manager. They either have to somehow convince the accounting gods to change the way they account for these intangibles, or they have to evolve to use other tools to capture the underlying value, the underlying earnings of uh, companies that don't necessarily have physical assets in the traditional sense. So in the absence of any new accounting standards designed to capture the intrinsic value of a business, what should be the approach for investors? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges from, that the accounting profession has with switching kind of methodologies is that it's not as clear cut as kind of measuring the value of a fixed asset. So I sympathize with that. But one of my favorite quotes is from John Maynard Keynes, and it's like it's it's better to be approximately roughly right than than uh, than precisely wrong, and and I think you just have to try and kind of triangulate uh, from and look at things from different perspectives to try to measure uh, this underlying value. To me, in the end, a value of an asset that's productive, like a company, is going to be the future cash flows that it's going to produce. Uh, and and a multiple is just a shortcut to that. So when you're building this theoretical DCF ahead to try and kind of come up with the net present value of these uh, future cash flows, you have to look at many things. And if you're looking at a subscription business, for example, then you have to see the value of the existing subscribers. You've got to take out the amount of money that you're investing in acquiring new subscribers and then look at that uh, money that you're spending as a customer acquisition cost, basically, and compare it to the lifetime value of the customers that you're acquiring. And to look at it in that way 
is much more productive, essentially by expanding the horizon of your measurement period from one year to multiple years and trying to understand it. You're not necessarily, there's a difference between that and speculating about the value of the future. Uh, there, there are two different things. You do have something. You're going to have to have some estimates used, but all accounting uses estimates. So I think you have to do the best job that you could do and, 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 and measure it from multiple ways and then triangulate to a value that you think captures what the future cash flows are going to be. Discount them back today, and that's your intrinsic value. And you want to buy something when it's trading significantly below that, so you have a margin of safety, and that's value investing for you. I, uh, to me, value investing doesn't doesn't have to be buying at a discount to the value of the physical assets, as long as you do a good job of measuring things from multiple ways, try to come up with an estimate, and then adding a margin of safety on top of that. I think you're you're a value investor. And the flip side of it, by the way, I mean, people are often, or at least traditionally, historically, people were obsessed with these physical assets and 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 use them as as a measure of underlying value. But I mean, I've 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 sat on boards of manufacturing companies and 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 invested in manufacturing companies for many years, and we all know if you've done that, you know that the the book value of the property plan or equipment of of that company doesn't necessarily mean that this is kind of a resale value or necessarily in any way related to the future cash flows that you're going to get from it. Sometimes you have a depreciated asset like a factory that's still generating massive free cash flows and other times you have something that you spent a lot of money on uh, like a shiny new piece of equipment that actually makes a product that no one wants to buy. So. Just the fact that it's quote-unquote tangible doesn't mean that it's economically worth what you have on your books. Thank you, Aziz. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time. If there are any topics or areas of conversation you would like Mayor to cover over the coming weeks and future episodes, please don't hesitate to contact us and let us know. But for now, goodbye. <laughs>